Thanks for joining me, everybody, for my maiden voyage of the Smoke on the Water podcast. Tonight's episode is called The Ultimate Salesman. Mm. And my guest is Mr. Tony Hatsi Gorgales, lead singer of Analog, CEO of DNA. What is it? DNA Solutions? It is. It's DNA Solutions and Consulting, but we just call it DNA or DNA Solutions, depending. Now we can't call it DNA anymore, but DNA Solutions. Why can't you just call it DNA? Uh, because there's DNA mechanical and telecom and staffing. So now we have to be sp- specific which genre of the DNA we're, we're implying. But uh, yeah, DNA Solutions. Thank you for having me. I love it. Absolutely. It's awesome to be here, especially on your maiden voyage. Well, full disclosure, you are the lead singer of Analog. I am. I am the low end of Analog. We're missing two of our very good friends, Mr. Adrian Utley and Mr. Ken Kimmel. I like calling it the back end more than the low end, but that's me, you know. No, I always call it the low end. Check out my Facebook profile. Oh, well. In my job descriptions, I was low end at any given sim. (laughs) That's so crazy. I did not know that reference. I learned a new bass player reference. No, I'm lucky to have you. Thank you, brother. It's great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to get this podcast going. A lot of people have brought up that I should have one, and I'm, I figured, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, why not? So let me ask you a question. Sir. Do you think I sound like Ryan Reynolds? I do. I do, effortlessly. Not intentionally, but uh, it's there. So we can fight it, or we can just lean into it. You know what I mean? I'll close my eyes, and we'll call this a party. No? Oh, I, I, every, well, so her son... <laughs> And his girlfriend think I sound like Ryan Reynolds. You do, you do. If I do, and I never thought of it until you said it. But so then I always have to do the I could be brown, I could be blue. I could be <laughs> you know, I, I, it, it must be neat because I, I don't think I sound like anybody. I know that when we with the band, people have said, you know, you sound like this singer or this singer, but. I think that's song specific, and that's just because I'm over dramatic. Well, I don't think you sound like anybody. I think sometimes your melodies mm-hmm. and maybe maybe the tone you're using for that song yeah. are reminiscent of somebody, and uh, you know your your influences are obvious. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you sound like anybody. It's very nice. I like that. And even as speaking, I don't know that I've ever. People are always like, "Okay, that sounds like you," but I've always kind of, as weird as it sounds, been a little jealous of like being able to do the impression of someone. I could do zero impressions. <laughs> if, one of that, uh, if that resume topic was going to come up tonight, impressions, I don't have any. I do a lot of funny foreign voices. Yeah. Like I sound pretty legit as like Irish and British and a couple other things. But I don't have any like real impressions. Like, oh, this is my uh, George Bush impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people do. You know? <laughs> I don't know that I want that in my repertoire, but it's still fun to watch people do it. I always get amused. Oh, I love it when people are good at it. Dana Carvey cracked me oh, up. He was on. the best at him. Dana Carvey was, you know, our version of, um, what was his name? Rich Little. Remember Rich Little? No. Who's Rich Little? Before Dana Carvey, in the genres of like 70s, he was the... What show? Are we still um, talking SNL? No, no, no. He was a he was a comedian. And I really hope I didn't say his name wrong because now I'm going to sound ridiculous. But I'm pretty sure I'm 82 percent sure that was his name. And it's not Martin Short, is it? No, no, no. Trust me. If I because Jonathan I, Little could be Martin Short, real easy in my brain. Can you? Google I can see Little? where I'd roll that one. If up. you if I if I see a picture of him, which we will have our your producer uh, do right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> during our outside conversation, Rebecca, we've decided that you are our Jamie. Yes. You're our producer. You look stuff up for us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's super useful when you're at a high caliber 
situation like this. Yes. So Rich Little was Dana Carvey before Dana Carvey. If you ask Dana Carvey who his influences were, he was everyone's influence. This was like, um, you know, he was the first one that really did impressions of someone else. It was always political figures and then it was other actors and it was just kind of a very new thing in the 70s and 80s and Rich Little was that guy. But I always loved it. I always loved it. I loved all of, of course, obviously I've been an SNL fan since, since I was allowed to watch TV on a Saturday night. So <laughs> No, there's just an era that works for me. You're one of those? Yeah. Are you one of those not not loyal fans? Are you a Fairweather SNL? Where you walked away maybe in the pre-Will Ferrell days for a while? There was a lot of people that dipped out in the 90s. I dipped out... In the 2000s, too. I dipped out probably late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. I came back in for a minute, but I just it's just not that funny anymore. I, I, I will tell you that, you know, for me, what comedy is, right? So for me, I think that the sincerity is comedy. I've gotten a little lost last two, three years in the political BS, you know? Like, I just, it's hard to watch stuff that's all political. It's not, a part's not funny to me, so at being somebody who practices a level of political apathy to a certain point, I, I feel like if it doesn't affect the court that I live in, my family, my company, my band, I'm not really deeply concerned with it. And although Matt, that, that may sound fiscally irresponsible, I've had political friends of mine say, that's what's wrong with America! People that don't care about the vote and this and that, but it's not that. It's just I'm not educated enough politically and I don't have the time or the bandwidth to be. And so somebody else is going to have to handle that part and I'll handle the uh, barely handling parenting at 45 and uh, trying to put a company together. So it's not for everybody, but... Let's go back to uh, one of our earlier conversations. Sir. Let's talk about our buddies. Let's talk about why Analog is the greatest rock band of all time. Uh, subjective, but I agree with you. I think that uh, the pe the pieces. How is pie. that subjective? That is. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's an objective <laughs> fact. It is an objective, globally known fact. Yes. Easily the most underrated band, undiscovered talent in the world. Every, but no, every I, time I, we're together, there are wet panties around the world. Around even the people that don't hear it, I feel like it's an after effect that maybe is not restricted to just the location we're in. The butterfly effect. The butterfly effect. The wet panty butterfly effect. No, I think uh, you were right. That what, what makes us special is the guys. We have an amazing friendship of four guys that have been through a ton together and have also done a lot of breaking bread together and a lot of family things together. So I think the element of our communication and the way our talents fit together what makes us special. The passion that goes into that. You know. Well, I think, I think that we're from all different walks of life. Mm. And then we're just good people. So we bring these different perspectives together mm -hmm. and it yeah. creates this unique monster it's a unique monster is what it is yeah, it's a sordid bunch it's uh ken it's, ken brings the big guitar riffs yeah. adrian comes in with the kind of like jazzy hip-hop beats and i just play some arpeggio funky stuff but every position has character yes you know we don't really have a um a regular player you know whereas like oh there's there's uh there's david lee roth and there's eddie van halen and then that's what all of the non-Van Halen fans know. You know what I mean? Like they see the lead singer, they see the guitarist. With us, we have four guys that have character, personality. They're memorable. They're involved in the songs. You hear them singing. Like it's, I, I just feel like I it's don't know that Van Halen was the best I can't comparison name you, against I can't this. Name, I, I know as a musician, you have different fans, right? But remember, right. I'm a surface-level musician, hack frontman. 
I've been following the words and the melodic sounds since Motown, right? So for me, I don't remember the bass player for Van Halen. Michael Anthony was fantastic. I'm sure he was. I don't remember the drummer either. You can't. You forgot Alex Van Halen. I mean, it was Alex. <laughs> it was Alex Van Halen. <laughs> so funny. But that's, His you name know. is in the band. He's <laughs> one of the guys. No, but you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like in every band, unless you are a real audiophile, you're not going to know the players. Are you kidding me? You think they know anybody else in Phil Collins' band? Everybody in the 80s that wasn't a musician? They knew Phil Collins. And that's a lot of what happens. Whereas in our band, if we were ever to be viewed by 100 people, I believe that diversely, 25 would like each of us. And we'd be like the Beatles. Yeah, 100%. You, girls would argue over which one of us was cuter. Yeah, yeah that's what I want. Not, and even, you I'm know, a Tony yeah. girl. <laughs> I'm Team Tony. No. It's Adrian all the way for me. Uh, <laughs> why did that sound like a dude's voice when you said it like he's going to have that full? No, but I'm with you. It's Everybody's <laughs> dynamic. Everybody's unique. I would hang out with, if I wasn't the four of us, I would hang out with all four of us. <laughs> I would too. Yeah. That's what makes this band great, yeah. is that we're friends, yeah. and then we create beautiful, beautiful music together. Doesn't hurt that we have a ton in common. You're talking about four fathers, four men in, in similar age groups, very close in experiences, although we come with four different places in life, and we currently do four very different things to, to fill our table with food. The things that make us us are the same, you know? Beautiful, right? Now, I'm going to ask you about a random topic. <laughs> I love it. All right. Blindsided. Surprise rock. Oh, yeah. Surprise rock. Surprise rock. It's yours to use. It's an analog term. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so, a mystery topic. Let's though. talk about aliens. Aliens. So, are aliens real? Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that we're not alone in the universe. Which kind of aliens? Like greys? Are you talking, um, what are the other kind of aliens? I forget, reptilians? They'll, they'll, um, you know, it's depending on which video you watch, but I think I've heard of like seven or nine or all different amounts of, you know, like, uh, I think that, I don't know, you know, who's out there and what. I just think it would be very foolish with our level of awareness and understanding of what we know the universe to be. To assume that we are the only carbon-based life forms. Oh, it's it's hilarious it's to ridiculous. believe that we're the only life form. There's a million in, Earths that we know of. In all this infinity. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a million close enough to Earths that we know of. We're just too dumb to get far enough to find them. You know, I, I do feel like we, we might be... Um, answer your question. No. I, I don't think we're alone. I think there are other aliens. And I think that if we're lucky in our lifetime... Other aliens? Yeah, yeah. Other like, aliens. like we're aliens as well? Sure, sure. I believe, well, look, we're aliens to them if they exist, correct? And then we're even aliens essentially here. We don't know, we don't know where, what happened. We have good ideas from things we dug up in the dirt from 6,000 years ago and 20,000 years ago. But there's no real answers, right? It's a practice. And it's some guesses. We're tying some of the lines in between. But nothing really would shock me anymore. No. And the, the science, I mean... The science is kind of guesswork anyway, because you it's can't... guesswork. They just broke gravity. What are you talking about? It's, uh, physics has destroyed the last five years. <laughs> I just think it's a joke. I think it's a joke. I studied applied physics in college. I remember them having the list of ingredients, so to speak, the materials of the Apollo mission, and the, the, it made no sense. 
You know, this would have burnt up in the stratosphere. This would have burnt up in the thermosphere. Like, wait, wait what, what are you saying? We didn't go to space? No, no, no. I just think that um, I don't think that we're told, right? So you think that my textbook that spoke of aeronautic engineering discussed exactly what the spaceship was made of and how? Like, it just seems ridiculous that that would be something publicized, the ingredient list. I doubt oh, severely yeah, absolutely. they told us. I'm sh I would be more shocked if they told us the real way to make a spaceship. I would rather, when I read gold foil in the materials list for the Apollo to block the radiation from the Van Allen belts, we were using gold foil. And how NASA explained how we survived escaping the Van Allen belts was that we went fast enough. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I just don't think that anybody's ever really told us the whole story. Not to the conspiracy theory effect, but to the fact that we would be foolish if we thought that powers that be in government and space agencies... Oh, they're not telling us. It would be foolish. We'd buy all, COVID happened and we bought every piece of toilet paper in the tri-state area. Come on. We can't be trusted with certain knowledge at a global scale. And I would love to believe that America... Uh, I don't want to say anything too offensive. Not only about America, I mean about anybody. But I would love to believe that everybody in this country is of sound mind. But I think that the way politics have gone the last few years and the way you see people hate in the same soil. Oh, we are in trouble. We're in trouble. We're in real trouble. Yeah. Now, look, can this I change? This is not going to end well. So why did I say to you that I don't care about the vote? Right? Because I'm just an irresponsible piece of shit that doesn't care about my country? No. Because I can't do anything per se effectively confirmed, right? You've got every political party lying, uh, uh, not lying, um, complaining about ballots. Right? You've got people complaining about the way elections happen and the security and if dead people are voting. I don't even know that the election process is just and trustworthy. But what I do know is this. I can be a good boss to 30 or 40 dudes. I can be a good dad. I can be a good lead singer. I can make a difference in those three bubbles immediately, today. Right? And I don't need to be trained on it. I just need to be a good person and do the next right thing. But how long do you think that bubble's going to last? If I have my way and, until my last breath and then some, but it's the culture that you put in place is how long it's going to last. If everything was based on me working, I wouldn't be a very good businessman. But a businessman makes residual business. So he doesn't have to work anymore and he still gets a check on the first of the month. My, my long lasting imprint on my bubbles will be as such. I will work as hard as I can to leave who I am behind everywhere my steps leave so that my kids feel it, my, my company feels it, my friends feel it, then I don't care how long the bubble, that will make the bubble last forever. You just mentioned the butterfly effect. I can't change outside, but I can change you and me, right? I can direct the, my attitude to be more positive towards no, you or no. negative towards you. I can control well, that. No, you can only change you. That's it. I can only change me. Well, I think you're, say, you're saying we can change one thing, right? And I'm close. Yeah. But I believe two things. If three things in the process, this is what I'm. I'll Hold on, on. You, you have been you have been losing me a couple times. Here. I'll tell you, you've been making changing. some sharp turns. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, it'll come together in this. Okay. I believe three things happen in life. Okay, <laughs> you have your intent, your delivery, and the landing. You can control two of those things in life. In every decision, every day you wake up, you can control your intent. If you come from a good place, how you deliver it. How it's going to be received, you can never control. So I'm not foolish enough to think that I can make people do certain things or 100% or convince them to look at things my way, but I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to deliver it sincerely, and most of the time it's going to work out if I've selected the right room. You know, that's my hope. That's the dream. It's a desperately romantic ideal, but 
I can't really concentrate when I see you turn on the news. You know, what do you, what do people turn on the TV? What do you turn on the TV for? Oh, just to have something to zone out. But is, is, are you a show person or a yeah TV shows shows? I'm more of like a you know I guess because I'm a, I'm more of a show person. Like I want to show that I can watch a bunch of episodes when I have time. I don't want to go sit down and, and watch the news. You know. No, but I do listen to a lot of news at work. Yeah. In the background? Yeah. My morning show, shout out 98 Rock. <laughs> great, great morning show. I love the conversation. Justin and I, and Schlegel's the man. Justin is I've the man. I've met him a couple times. He's hysterical in person. I, I was fortunate enough to meet him two times, and I remember thinking the second time he's totally going to remember me. He did not. No, but, um, no, you can't expect that. He meets <laughs> a gazillion people. You know why? Because he complimented my jacket and my beard. And my entire fit at this car show or motorcycle show up in Timonium once. And I was positive we had such a nice 20-minute conversation that that bond would continue. So the first I'm not heartbroken, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but that's where I get my news. The know? first time I met him, I went to some, like, beach club. I don't know. I forget where it was at. I went with... I don't even remember who I went with. I think I went with my sister-in-law. Um, so I met him there. It was, like, it was around Halloween. And he was there on a 98 Rock promotion thing. And he was dressed up like Boba Fett. So I was like, nice costume, man. And then Great. we had a conversation. And he was super cool. I had no idea who he was. He told me his name, but I didn't know him from the radio. Sure, sure, sure. But sure as shit, I'm listening to the radio. And there's Justin Schlegel. I was like, I know that guy. He's funny. <laughs> I like him. It's so So neat. we started off on the right foot. That's and awesome. I've kind of liked him you know, the whole time. I'm not big on morning shows, though. <laughs> me neither. But I, I never listened to one the, before 98 Rock. The second time that I met him... Um, we were playing this uh, Field of Screams when I was in Mr. Old Year. Nice. And 98 Rock brought the promotions team up for God knows what. I didn't ask. I, whatever. But I met, <laughs> I met a really cool dude, Matt Weitzel, who's in a band, Breakforth, that I'm going to try to get come on this show. Um, but I met, he was part of the promotions team, and Justin Schlegel came dressed as a Ravens cheerleader. Fuck yeah. And it was hysterical. <laughs> so at the end of our second set, when we're doing Ghostbusters, we get Justin to come up on stage as a cheerleader. He's shaking his ass, grinding on us, and just going, Ghostbusters! <laughs> Dressed like a cheerleader. Oh, it was so hysterical. <laughs> What's great is that you played Field of Screams and, play and covered Ghostbusters. Oh, that was my idea. Yeah, brilliant. I love it. Uh, we did a lot of great covers. We did uh, some Misfits, uh, di um, Dig Up Her Grave. We did uh, Pet Cemetery by the Ramones. What? You know that's where we skipped the step, you and I, in all of our years, is never making a cover band. We should do that. Let's do it. Two-man cover band. Oh, dude, I hate covers. Nothing but so duets. Bad. Nothing but skin-crawling duets. Just Air Supply and, you know, Paul Simon, whatever. When, when I do a cover <laughs> with my musical talent level, I, yeah. like, I don't like to call it a cover so much as a rendition. It's the only word. <laughs> I, I swear to God, you took the word out of my mouth. It's a rendition. Because what, what, a cover to me is like you only do it one of two ways. You do an exact copy, exact, or you do a rendition, and then it's nothing like it. I do only renditions. Oh yeah, remember it's, we've, and and I think that that's every analog we've ever done is a rendition. Not to get higher on our own sauce, but no, we've done some that were pretty pretty accurate. You know, Everlong was pretty accurate. Everlong was um, textbook. Yeah, talking in your sleep was was pretty right. pretty true to form. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of other covers. Bad fish. I was, never, I was never part of that. that Terrible was, idea. That was a Versac days. Yeah, not, the, not <laughs> pleasurable for me. Versac was pleasurable. The song Bad Fish was not pleasurable. I remember one time we did a show that was like it was 14 hours. I was hosting it. 
And I told the guys I hate doing that song. It takes the life out of me to sing that song. It's so like blah. It's like saying something was good. Good is a dead word. Describe it better than good or don't do it again. You good, know, so. Goodly. Yeah, but if it was better than good, wouldn't you say greatly? I'd say gooderer. Goodest. It's the goodest, goodest situation. That would be the superlative. You are correct. <laughs> I mean, I've been to school, so I know this. <laughs> but, uh, do Greeks yeah. go to a special school, though? The Greek school. That's yeah, weird. It's like Brazil nuts. When you go to Brazil, they just call them nuts. Yeah. When you go to Greece, we just call it school. It looks like a jail. That's one of the... Academics are fun in America. You guys have parks and grass. If I pulled up a picture of my school online right now, you would think it was a penitentiary. We don't have grass. Soccer was on gravel. Now, did you have, like, nuns as teachers? What kind no, of no, teachers? no. No, but we did have, like, a religious class. And I remember, you know, it was religion. It was Christian. You know. That's why I ask. It's a much more religious country. Oh, yeah. There was a religion class, and obviously what they're going to teach is along the lines of Christian Orthodox, because that's what the country is. But I, the, you want to talk funny story, funny real-life story? When I was 13 years old in Greece, and I brought my father home the religion textbook that had a full chapter on Masons being like, sacrificing animals and worshiping the devil. And my dad had spent like 35 years in the Masons. Like, the, like the Freemasons? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were in this religion book, the Freemasons, like they were represented by a skull with a snake going bro, through it. Bro, I showed my dad this bro, book. They he rule was the world. They're the, they're the low level of the Illuminati. Yeah. He said to me, he, he was so offended that he didn't even get mad. He, like I thought he'd burn the school down. He looked at me and he said, when you're old enough and you want to know, I will tell you just how ridiculous all of this is. But what I can tell you is nothing you just showed me in your book is true. Nothing. Yeah, so I just, I think you know, it's funny, ignorance. We, what did we say earlier? We were talking earlier about when you can't see the bad guy or the, 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 uh, the beast in a horror movie, your imagination is always worse than reality. So I think when people don't know things, you know, they go sideways. And religion class is the place for that. <laughs> but yeah, Greece is different, different, very different world. A lot less grass. All right, brother. Well, I think we killed a podcast here. Man, this was phenomenal. Thank you for having me. I'm sure if we went on, we could talk for days. Oh, we'll do more. I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd lo I can't wait to see with your dynamic and your perspective what this turns into. So thanks oh, for having me. Oh, I got two more next week. All right. All right. I'll be, I'll be listening. So thank you. Absolutely. And thanks for having us. You know?